Maximilian Jenkel established Studio Jenkel in Bali in 2011 after years of building up his journey and experiences around the world and with many prestigious designers. The studio produces well-known works that are reflections of his architecture that pays a lot of attention towards vernacularity, craftsmanship, and the tropical landscape and attempts to cultivate connection between physical and social elements, sustainable design approaches, and communication of meanings. And because of his richness of work, we thought that it's fitting to converse about storytelling through architecture today with Max. So thanks for being here. I'm glad to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So would you mind telling us about your, yourself, your studio, and the beginnings of it? Okay. Um, how far back do you want me to go? I mean, if we were to look at, uh, if we were to look at it um, in the way Yuval Harari looks at it, um, <laughs> we probably have to start somewhere in Africa. Um, <laughs> and I'd have to tell you the story of how my grandparents migrated from Russia to China and um, Somehow I, I, I then ended up being born in Venezuela. Um, but maybe we don't need to go as far back as that, right? Mm -hmm. um, maybe we start with um, the studio itself and, and Bali. And at the time I arrived in Bali, right? So um, I came to Bali 12 years ago in July. So it was actually exactly uh, 12 years ago. I arrived on July 1st, um, 2010. Mm -hmm. um, and I came here, I had been here in Bali and Indonesia several times on holiday. I had met some um, very interesting people. There was a woman of um, which I was a, a big fan of her work. Um, she's an interior designer named Linda Garland and she was based here in Ubud. And um, she was doing work um, different parts of the world. She had done a project on the island of Mustique for um, the music singer David Bowie and mm -hmm. she had done some several interesting projects which caught my attention when I was a student still and ever since I wanted to come to Bali and so I came to Bali several times and I, I met Linda um, and had lunch with her several times and through her I met more people here in Bali or on Bali um, and um, that led one thing led to the next and I ended up meeting John Hardy um, and opportunities started um, opening up here. And so 12 years ago, I decided to move to the island of Bali. And I, at that time, started um, doing some small freelance work. And that was on my laptop from home. And um, very quickly, I was introduced uh, to Yuquan, uh, mm -hmm. who was already established here as an architect. And we collaborated on a project uh, which is the Swarga Hotel in Padang Padang. And through Yukwan, then I met more people here, um, notably the owners of the Como Shambhala. And they hired me then to do um, some work for them at the Uma Ubud Hotel here. And one thing then led to the next. And um, I established, uh, I set up a company and then started hiring young architects from. Mm -hmm from the Udayana University here in Bali uh, and then it started growing and um, now we have architects from different parts of Indonesia and different parts of the world uh, collaborating and working with us. That's amazing. Yeah. So I know uh, all of your work have certain design vocabularies but what is it Max uh, would you say to be your design philosophy? 
if I had to summon it up in, in one sentence, I would say um, blend in rather than stand out. And this has to do with context. Uh, is a question that I get asked a lot is how would I do a project if I were to do it in the city? And it's funny because before I moved to Bali, we were doing a lot of urban projects. As I, when I was employed in Paris, um, mm -hmm. a lot of our projects were urban. So it's not that I'm born in the jungle and raised out of the jungle and doing only jungle homes. Um, but it's funny because it's a question that I get asked um, very often. Even employees of mine sometimes ask me, you know, what, what is it like if we do a project in the city? And if I were to do the same thing? And interestingly enough, most people don't expect the answer to be, yes, I would do exactly the same thing. Um, and that has to do with the philosophy. The thing that we do is we try to um, understand the context. And if we were to do something in the city, we would not build the same house that we would build in the jungle, but we would approach the problem in the same manner. We would try to understand what's happening around us, what is happening in that place, what is typical of that place, how can we fit in? How can we um, do something that will be unique and that will be special? Yet, how will we do something that is special without necessarily screaming, you know? Um, so I, I would say um, our philosophy is to be quiet. It's a quiet architecture. It's a slow architecture. Um, it's a slow design and it's, it's uh, um, we try to work in respect to our environment. And that can mean many things, obviously, depending on the context. Right. And how does that translate to your approach towards construction techniques, materials, and also building? Um, it translates that the choice of materials that we will use, we will try to source them locally or use um, construction techniques that are typical for the place in which we're finding ourselves in. So, um, when I first moved to Bali, I had to do a lot of learning about how artisans here build and then start designing based on that because it was very different from what I was used to in Paris where I was living before I came to Bali. And, um, construction techniques in Paris or in Europe um, are quite different from here. And so the approach is to learn, is always try to understand and to learn. And that's also the fun part because it makes it, um, it's not only giving something, it's also receiving something. And what I'm receiving in the process is growth, learning, um, and the possibility to experiment with new techniques and different techniques. Mm -hmm. So in that regard, since uh, designers and architects need to learn as well, should we, or should architecture tell a story in your opinion? I wouldn't use the word should. I think everybody um, is free to take their own approach to any form of expression, whether it be architecture, whether it be photography, whether it be music. Mm -hmm. um, I believe there's, there shouldn't be any boundaries. I mean, if, if, if anything should, it should not be, and it's not to be boxed in, right? Mm -hmm. um, in my case, the storytelling is something that I have embraced and that is very strongly part of what we do. And, and this can be found in different manners, on different layers. And um, for one, it has to do 
with my upbringing, the fact that I was born in Venezuela um, of immigrant parents, um, and that I then lived in America and I lived in Europe and now I'm living in Indonesia. So having traveled the world and having been adventurous, I've been in the jungles of Papua and I've been living in a city like Paris and I've been in the Amazon and I've been, you know, so I, I, I've, I have accumulated many stories from all of my travels and from all of my life experiences. Um, I was also very much interested in, in literature and in poetry when I was a student at um, school and at university. And um, these were fields of academia in which I was very good at and which I excelled in. And so these have become part of who I am today. It has to do with the fact that my mother loved poetry and that um, she would read me a lot of poetry and she would um, send me poems. And so I grew up with literature as being something um, that was part of my life. And so I have embraced it in my architectural practice as well. Further to that, I believe that everything in life is about who we are um, and, and what, we, what we have experienced and everybody has an experience. You don't need to travel to have an experience. You can be a monk in a monastery and, and have stories to tell and to share. And, and this is what brings me to the psychology of humanity and, and, and how this is um, applied to the architecture. And I find that interesting because when I read a book that speaks about humanity, about emotions, that speaks about our fragility, that speaks about everything that makes us weak or makes us strong or makes us interesting or makes us cry. Um, I'd like to approach architecture in the same way. I want to tell a story. I want people to read and feel connected to what they're reading and feel emotionally touched, feel like there's part of themselves in what we're doing. And that's what happens when you read a book, right? When you're reading a book and, and it makes you laugh or it makes you cry, it's, it's because you're relating to the story somehow. And, and, and somehow somebody has managed to write something or tell a story. And, and for me, um, the architecture or, or what we try to do in design is the same that an author would be doing in writing a book. And, and it's trying to reach an audience that is sensitive and sensible um, to what it is that we're sharing and telling. That's great. So in what ways does great, great storytelling and communication preserve and promote local traditions? And then just now we talked about emotions, so people and also sustainability. Well, um, as you know, storytelling has been something that has been part of humanity. And maybe if I quote, if, not if I quote, but if I, um, if we speak again about Yuval Harari and, and his book, Sapiens, um, you will see that um, humans were already very early on before we knew how to write, we were telling stories. And these stories were being told from one valley and one tribe and, and, and into the next valley. And this is how knowledge and, and, and know-how was transmitted from one place to another you know if we had to make fires somebody learned how to make it and then he could sit around the fire and tell the story of how he made that fire to somebody from another tribe and then that tribesman could go on to the next place and and make a fire and tell how he learned from his travels to the tribe in the other valley and i think um we preserve culture and tradition by telling stories and and preserving 
um, ways of doing things. And so the storytelling element helps us um, not only entertain, it not only helps us um, touch people's hearts, but it helps us preserve culture and tradition. Mm -hmm. Would you say it also educates people and like pass down certain things to the next generations? I, I, I would like to hope so. I think it would be a little bit pretentious of me to say so. Um, I hope that um, in, you know, um, that what we're doing is adding a grain of, of, a grain of sand onto something which is vast and big. And, and hopefully, even if it is just a grain of sand that we're adding onto the layer of passing on knowledge, um, then that is already a big success. <laughs> yeah, we all hope so. Would you mind sharing with us your projects and the stories behind them then? Um, okay, is there any project in particular that you're interested in? Um, maybe the houses, they all seem to have different meanings and different contexts, yeah. Okay. So, um, I've built several houses and I've built them with the intent for me to live in them myself, to live in them with my family. And um, all of this has happened within the same neighborhood here in Ubud. And um, they have been for me um, a big place for learning, a learning ground um, and a playing ground at the same time for experimenting. Uh, I've been very lucky that I was able to to manifest um, some projects and some ideas in a very free way, in a free manner, in the sense that these were not commissioned by clients. These were me, myself being my clients. Mm -hmm. And so in that sense, they um, are interesting to me because something else happens when we are in a dynamic with a client, um, then it's a collaboration. And the expression that results is always an expression of both what the designer envisions and what the client envisions. And Ruma Ujan, Ruma Purnama, Ruma Fajar are all projects that um, really are an expression of myself. Uh, and, and if we were to think of it as an artist um, who is being commissioned to do a portrait of somebody um, over an artist um, doing a self-portrait or doing um, doing a painting that he chooses to do when he's faced with a blank canvas. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting for me to do these projects because A, as I was explaining earlier, it was a, a place for me to learn a lot and to experiment um, and not to do so with somebody else's money. It was with my own money. Um, so I knew what it feels like also for my clients when somebody is designing something for somebody else and somebody else is paying for it. Oftentimes, um, as designers, we might be a little bit insensitive to the fact that somebody's financing this. Um, and it is important to know what it feels like to be on the other side. And so that was interesting because I was learning a lot about construction costs. I was learning about um, construction methods that are applied here on the island of Bali and in Indonesia. And it allowed me to grow close to a lot of artisans. There's a team of carpenters that was involved with the first construction of the first house and we're still working with them and have a very bonded and close relationship with them. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think that would be um, saying something about some of the projects we've built. An attempt to sustain a livable earth? 
how how might architects um, or the profession of it adapt in the future? Ooh, um, it's a difficult one, and I don't think I have the answer other than uh, I think we should work in respect and um, with a certain amount of consciousness. Um, I believe that in the field, even among scientists, there is a lot of uncertainty, uncertainty and, and incertitude as to what the right approach is. And you will hear architects being convinced about one material or scientists or engineers being convinced about one method. The reality is we're faced with a very challenging problem here, and it is that we are um, consuming a lot of resources. There's a lot of humans on the planet. Um, mm -hmm. All these humans have the right to grow, to, to live, to consume and, 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 and to use, you know, what has been given by, by Earth. Um, that being said, the way we do it and the way we do it collectively is very complicated because um, depending on who you speak to, they will have a different answer to, to the challenge. Mm -hmm. And um, a lot of these answers oftentimes combine in a very positive way and, and results in something that is going towards a better world. Um, I don't think anybody has a real solution. There is theoretic solutions of how we can solve uh, global warming and um, reduce our, our carbon emissions, uh, but it has been very challenging for governments to come together and to agree on a consensus on how to move forward on that subject. And in the meantime, we're still not meeting the targets that um, are being imposed by governments, which are ultimately should drive us to a zero carbon emission mm -hmm. and quickly and soon. And this is um, unfortunately not happening yet because bringing together everybody on this planet, working towards one goal is incredibly difficult with all the, um, all the distractions and all the other things that are happening and people are not focused. Humanity as such is currently not focused enough on that one issue. And so again, here, I, I don't have the answer what um, or how architects should adapt. Uh, all I can say is people should be conscious, try to educate themselves, try to understand as much of the problems um, and as we approach a design, um, try to think about these and see how we can have an impact or how we can make a difference. And again, add a grain of sand um, to the overall um, consensus. That's nice. Yeah, thank you so much. We, I think you really inspire us that uh, architecture and design can be something that is meaningful, you know, beyond, beyond the creation of spaces, it can preserve cultures, support social values, and also sustainability. And even better if it can teach people things because it is always about elevating and bettering society, right, as a whole. And also it would be super nice if we all can have the same goal that designers can also be a part of it too. <laughs> yes, yes, indeed. So thank you so much for your time. Yeah, I hope to see you soon. Thank you.